good mood. Today's the first day of Chalamoid. We are up to the Tzadik Ches Amit Aleph. We are up to six lines from the top of the page. And we're learning here that uh, normally when, um, if a lender has to seize properties from the purchasers, he has to go through a whole process and the business of the ones who auction off the land to get its true value. But um, what it, or work out the value of the land. But when it comes to Namana, we, um, we fast track it and we say that she doesn't have to, at least when it comes to Mazenus, she doesn't have to use um, a, a Bezdin and Eraksuva, um, but when it comes to a, a Grusha, she has to use the process of a Bezdin. <clears throat> okay, and then we had the Machlekes, does that go, go according to everybody? That's only the option. So after the Gemariah, Shalok Le Rabba Braid Rava, so Rava's son, his name was Rabba after his own teacher, sent to Rabbi Yosef, if somebody sells, um, interesting, Rava called his son Rabba. When gender we say we don't try, try to call someone a name after someone who passed away young. Rabba passed away at the age of 40, very young. And yet Rava called his son by the name of his teacher. He asked Rabbi Yisib, the other teacher of his father, Okay, let's say she sells but not via bezin. Does he have to at least make a vow? What kind of vow? So Rashi learned the vow is that she didn't get more money for the field than she claimed that she did. And others say the vow is that she didn't get paid out by the father. And so the Rabbi turns back to Rabbi's son and says, Why don't you also ask me a question whether you have to make an announcement? Because when it, generally when it goes to a peasant, you have to make a chroza, you have to announce it for 30 days so you can invite people to come and to bid. If you give an auction date, then you invite people to have a bid. Because obviously you want to make sure you get the real market value. So why are you asking me only about whether she has to make a shua? Why don't you ask me also regarding whether you need to make the 30-day chroza as well? I have no question about Achraz. Why not? If the widow decided to sell the field of her husband's estate to herself, it's not a valid sale. She cannot sell it to herself. Now, what's the case talking about? If she made it, if she put a made a big auction for everybody and she was one of the bidders, so what's wrong? If she was the highest bid, why shouldn't she get the property? Must be there was no option, and therefore we are concerned that maybe she didn't pay the full value. And therefore, for herself, it has no value. But to anybody else, it would have been a good deal. So we see that you don't have to make an achrozah. Anybody else is valid. So therefore, we see achrozah you don't need. So my question is only whether she has to make a vow or not. I can say that even if there was a public auction and she decided that she, she sold the fields herself, it's not a valid sale. Even though it was a public auction, it was done properly. And why not? Why can't she be the seller and the buyer? Because we say to her, man, shalom, who sold it? It's one thing if you're selling it to others, you're representing the Yusemim. If you're selling it to yourself, the Yusemim is not the one selling it to you. The Bezin is not selling it to you. So who in the world sold it to you? You cannot be the buyer and the seller at the same time. And therefore, it's still considered the ownership is still going, going over to Yusemim. But if you sell it to others, then it's different because you're, you're the agent on behalf of the Yusemim. They're the sellers. But they never gave permission to sell it to yourself. And that's why it's not a valid sale. 
<clears throat> Ki hi, for example, I'll give you a, how do you know we make such an argument? Man Shamla, who's the one who's like assessed it for you, who sold it to you? Ki hi do gabi, the person that kid gave keys to the aspirant, a person they, they stored by him uh, a whole a sack full um of different kinds of uh, spices. Also Shamala Nafshe Ba'arba Mezuz, he went ahead and he worked out the market value is 400 zoos and he took they bought it for himself. Meantime, Ayaka, the price of that particular spice went up. Come Bashisme, what about 50%? Now it's worth $600. Also, the Kamida Bami, Mami wants to know whether he gets that price benefit. Who sold it to you? When you're the buyer, you're the seller, it's not a sale. And therefore, it still belongs to the same. And any increase in value is theirs. So here's the final outcome is yes, she has to swear that she got exactly that value. But the halach is you do not need hachraza. And um, <clears throat> you do not need hachraza at all. Um, we want to make it as easy as possible so you don't need the hachraza. <clears throat> but Shashvua, she does need. Mishnah. Now we're going to talk about the Almana who's selling the property. Now we don't need a bet, and she's selling the properties herself. So what happens in certain instances as follows. Almana A widow, her was $200. She got married she was a young girl. Umachra, but she sold as follows. She sold Shavim Mana. She took one of the fields that the market value, the appraisal was, was worth $100, but she sold it from a sign for $200. So what happens then? Does she say, look, that field belongs to me. It's a $100 field. The fact that it cost $200 is my, my, my windfall, my gain, and I'm still entitled to another field of $100. Can she say that? We'll say no. Because <clears throat> all she is, she has a lien on the field, but she's only owed $200 and she received her money. What about the other way around? She took a $200 field and she undersold it for $100. Does she say, look, I only received $100? Or do we say, no, it's a $200 field. That's your payment. You're not entitled to anything more. If law is in this we say, look, it's your loss. You just received your ksuva. Okay, next part. Let's say the ksuva is worth $100. She took a field that was worth $101, slightly more. And she sold it for $100. So she sold it less than the value, but it covered completely her silver. Machra bottle, the mechira is bottle. Now, mechira bottle, her mechira is bottle. That's obvious. We just said that, you know, <clears throat> we're going a step further now. Not only do we say, here she took a field that was worth more than her silver. She had no right to do that. And therefore, the mechira, the entire sale unravels. And more than that, even she says, look, I took a field as $101. I sold it for $100, and I'm going to supplement uh, the sale with another dollar of my own. So therefore, you'll get back the full amount, $101. But nevertheless, the mechida is bottled because she took a field that was worth more than what she was entitled to. And she had no right to sell it. <clears throat> so because she had no right to sell that one extra dollar, the entire sale is, 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 has been canceled. Because <clears throat> it all happened in the same go. Rav Shimon ben Gamla disagrees. He says, He says a sale still exists as long as the excess that she has is such a small piece of land, you know, the, the, a little bit of extra land that's worth more than the $100 she's owed. It's such a small piece that you can't really do anything much with it. So therefore, the Yisema didn't really lose anything. So for example, the extra part of the land. If you would excise the, take out the $100 worth of land and the and the parcel of land that's left behind has room to be able to plant nine cabin, 
It's a little bit over 3,000 square feet. You have a little bit extra not, that you can plant nine coven of seeds. Then the, the, the Yusayim had a worthwhile piece of land left over and you took it away from them solely. You have no right to it. Oh, but if it was less than that, it's a useless piece of land. Then he says, I don't unravel. I don't cancel the, the sale. <clears throat> Otherwise, it's not called a no. You're not really uh, cheating. <clears throat> and therefore, we say as follows. We'll begin, um, or when it comes to a garden, a garden is a lot smaller than a field. You don't need to have such a big area to put to, to, for nine cabin of seeds. We'll begin a bas Again, if you can plant a half a cup of seeds or a quarter of a kiva, base rebo a quarter of a cup. Now, the, the, the different scenarios. Either if the Yesenium happened to have land adjacent, abutting this land here that you took. If, to, if the little land that the Yusayimim still retain, together with whatever you, you took the excess, combines to nine kavin, let's say, in a field, then we cancel the wholesale because you had no right to take it. Or if that parcel of land itself was large enough to be able to uh, plant nine kavin of, of seeds, um, then it's, it's, it's considering, no, you cheated with something of value. Otherwise, it's no big deal. <clears throat> um, Last case in the Mishnah. Let's say a total of 400 dinners. She sold the first person a field worth 100, another field worth 100. So those two sales are perfectly valid. But the last person, and the last person, she sold, let's say, uh, a field that's worth um, 100 and a dinner. No, she she paid out. You know, she sold each field for three fields, each one hundred dollars. Now, still outstanding debt of a hundred, but she sold now a field that's one hundred and one, the mana for a hundred, which she said before gets cancelled. So the question is, does it cancel also all the other sales that were legitimate, or only this particular last sale? Shall Only the last one is is cancelled, but we shall call them But all the rest of the ones, the sales are valid sale. Says the Gemara, let's understand. Maishna, why in, in the first, very first case in the Mishnah, she either took a $100 field and sold it for $200, or she took a $200 field and sold it for $100. And we say that the loss is totally yours, that it's a $200 field, you got reimbursed totally. Maishna, what's the difference? Then Shava Masayim Bamani took a $200 field and sold it for $100. The Amrilo, we say to her, I've said it's your loss. So if we're saying to her, it's your loss, then the flip side should be that if you sold a $100 field for 200, it should be her gain. Now, what are we saying? When we say you sold a $200 field for $100, we don't care. We don't care what the price you got. All we care about is what you see from the assignment, you took a $200 field. So in that case, if you took a $100 field, if she sold it for more than $100, it should be her personal gain. Because the fact is, if you focus on the field that she took, she took a hundred dollar field. Says the Gemara, I'm the at after that you lost out. We don't care what you got. All we care about is the field you took. So Shavamana Bimasayim, the converse, she took a hundred dollar field for two hundred. Nami Tamba, let's say Anuavachna. Why can't she say, look at the field? The field is a hundred dollar field. I got more for it. It's my windfall. Aram Nachman, Amar Abahu, Kan Shana Rebbe. Here Rebbe teaches us a law, and that is not the way you understood it. That the reason is we just look at the field and therefore we don't care the price she got. Because then you have a valid question. The reason is different. You know why if she took a, a $200 field and got $100 for it? Sorry, you know why if she took a $100 field and got $200 for it? The, the extra money belongs to the assignment and all she, and, uh, and, and uh, sorry, if it took a, uh, um, a $100 field and the, the pile was $200, we say that that's it, you got fully paid out. 
Not because we focus on the field, because Rebbe taught us a law that that if you send, let's say, a an agent to go buy something for you in the marketplace, for you give him ten dollars here, buy me a, a, a bottle of milk, which will cost normally ten dollars. When you got to Coles, it was on sale, twenty five percent off. You only paid seven fifty. So what happens to that $2.50 change? Can you keep it, the shliach? Because he gave you $10 to buy a bottle. That's what normally costs. It turned out to be $7.50. We say, no. Any benefit goes to the bala Because what, what, what entitled you to this 25% discount? Because you, you had money and you bought something for the bala bus. So everything else on top of that also belongs to the bala bus. And therefore, the shliach can't say, I'll benefit. Same thing here. You took a $100 field and you collected for $200. It, it goes to the Yusayimim. <clears throat> um, it goes to the Yusayimim. Not because we say to the woman, you got uh, two, um, two, sorry. Not because we say to the woman, you got $200, who cares? We say because any money that you got, you got it because of the field. And who owned the field? The Yusayimim. So this is how it takes to learn. So therefore, any excess money belongs to the Yusayimim. So they paid you $200. The Yusayimim paid you $200. What's the story? Okay, Tanya, we learn there's an argument. What happens? There's a machlekis and the following thing. The shliach goes ahead and, and you know, was told to buy something. Let's say uh, two, two kilos of apples, it costs $5. He went and he bought, ordered two kilos of apples for $5. The guy threw in another kilo for free. Who gets that kilo for free? So according to Rabbi Yehuda, hakoy l'shliach. Rabbi Huda says in that case, that is like a, we'll soon see, it's like a gift. And because it's like a gift, he could, he says it's going to the shliach. He wants to give the shliach incentive. He's working since this guy is an agent for other people. Bring me all your business. So I'm going to make it worth your while. And the, the extra kilo of apple that he gave, it's actually meant for the shliach, not for the person, not for the mishalech, the sender. That's the view of Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Yaisi says, Rabbi Yaisi says, you divide it between the two. What do you mean divide between the two? So we explain. But Tanya, first of all, we looked elsewhere. Rabbi says, He also said that it's the benefit goes to the owner of the money. What do you mean? When do you split it? When don't you? It goes as follows. Something that has a fixed amount, for example, things that you buy in the in the market, a dozen eggs, you know exactly what a dozen eggs cost. Or um, you know that um, this particular legume, a cupful costs that. And then he gave you an extra cupful. So it's clearly the guy is giving a gift. Now, we don't know if the gift was meant for the agent, or we don't know if the gift was meant for the original person who gave who, um, the money, the balamais. So we say, you know what? Since we don't know, we're going to split it. But a dover she'enle kits, the things that don't have a fixed amount, things that, you know, the, it can, it, the, the price can, can vary. Let's say buying clothes, every dress is a different price, and the dress itself, one day can be one price, one day another price. Or things that you sell not by the individual or by a cupful or dozen eggs, you just sell, you know, you take a look at it, and say, oh, well, this box here, whatever it is, is worth that much and so on. Or this amount, you take a handful, it's not a fixed amount. When it's not a fixed amount and you seem to get extra, there we can say, that's not a gift. It's just, he's generous since part of the sale. So, you know, some people are, are always generous and they always give a little bit extra, but that's part of the sale. It's not a gift, it's part of the sale. If it's part of the sale, then it belongs to the bala mice. <clears throat> It belongs to the Balamites. So, um, <clears throat> um, so on Malay, so over here, um, so in, in our mission as well, that $100 um, field that uh, you gave $200, because a field also has no real fixed price, people can pay anything. And, and in fact, we have a rule that ain't or not, there's no even cheating by a field, because whatever price you paid, even if you overpaid, tomorrow will be worth that price. Machlek is restraining if there's a cap somewhere. 
Rabbeinu Tam hold that up to, you know, double the price and that's it. Beyond that, it's cheating. Others, well, there's no cheating at all by Karka because just think back, even people who bought at the top of the market at a certain time, you know, within a few years, it became, you know, a very reasonable price and, and so on. The prices continuously go up. So in our Mishnah, that $100 field that became $200 it, that extra hundred dollars came because of the field, so therefore it belongs definitely to the balamay, the owner of the field. It belongs to the balamay of the field, <clears throat> and, and and according to Tzitzit, even Rabbi Huda would agree with something that has does not have a fixed price goes to the balamay. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> uh, what do you call it? So uh, let's continue the Gemara. Over the Papa Yitzchok said the halach is obviously for kids of chokin. The Papa said the halach is anything that has a fixed amount. And we therefore must be anything above that. It must be a, a gift. So because it's a gift, we don't know who the gift is meant for. So you divide. Says you give a micro marshmallow. What's he coming to teach you? That isn't that Rabbi Yitzhi's opinion. She knew you. She knew you. She knew you. That the answer we gave to explain the contradiction of Yitzhi. The one place he says everything belongs to the Balhamais. The one place he says you divide is a good answer. It depends if it has a fixed amount or it doesn't have a fixed amount. <clears throat> yeah. Says you give further. Um, <clears throat> um, according to the taste of Rabbi Yehuda, only argued with Rabbi Yehuda, where the owner says clearly, I know this, the, 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 these two cups are, um, are the whatever it is, is what to say of what you bought, but I'm giving an extra cup as a gift. And that's what Rabbi Yehuda says, that extra cup goes to the Balamois. And Rabbi Yehuda says, no, it's a gift, and we're not sure who it's meant for, and therefore we split it in, uh, equally. But if the, let's say he sold him, you know, give extra part of the price, then everybody agrees it belongs to the Balamois. Okay, so I think about it further. You buy an interesting question. What happens if Amalei, if the owner tells him, Zabin Lei Licha, I want you to sell 15 saw of my field, a certain measure of my field. A saw is like 50 amas by 50 amas. I want you to sell 15 saw, <clears throat> like 7,500 amas by 50 amas. I want you to sell 1,500, uh, 15 saw. And what happened, what he did was, instead of selling 15 saw, he sold 30 saw. So the question is, of course, he's not bound by the extra 15 saw. The question is, but the since included in that 30 saw is 15 saw, could do, how do we view when the shleach adds uh, or augments to whatever the shleach said? Do we say he's not doing the shleachas at all? So he never had, he had no right to sell anything, anything more than 15. If he sold more than 15, it's not the structures of the shleach, and therefore the sale is not a valid sale, but who sold it? Or do we say, no, we treat it as if the shleach followed the, the instructions of the Mishaleh, but he also added something on his own. So whatever he added on his own is canceled, in, and if the Mishaleh wants, and whatever the, he carried out the Mishaleh's instructions, that, that is a valid shleach. That's the question. How do we view what a shleach does not carry out instructions correctly? So he said to him as follows. <clears throat> My do we say is just adding on his words? At least the sale of the fifteen saw is a valid sale. Or whatever he did had nothing to do with the shlichus because the moment you alter the shlichus, it's not like you're you're adding to the shlichus. It's like you're working for yourself. You decide you know better than the balbas, so you're not working for him at all. Then the entire sale is not a valid sale. Even the fifteen saw was not sold. from the in the name of Rabina. And he says as follows. He says, Tosh, come in here. 
We know that there's a thing called me'il. Me'il means if you steal from the base of Mikdash and you use it for yourself, it only is considered me'il if it's a shagig. Now, if you deliver the Israel from the base of Mikdash, we don't consider it me'il. But if it's a shagig, you didn't know. So what happens is that the money now is no longer kaidish, it becomes chulin, but you committed a sin, so you have to bring an asham me'il as a carbon, plus you have to pay extra, you know, back to Hegdish, you have to pay a penalty as well. So, but what happens the following? I want you to give a piece of meat to the Urchin. The Balabais didn't know, wasn't aware that this was Hegdish. But the Shliach, instead, instead of carrying out the exact advice or the instructions of the Mishalach, he told the guest, he said to the guest, take two pieces of meat. He added an extra piece of meat. Then the Hain, not Lusholish. And what happened? The guests, they decided to take a little bit extra and they took a third one. The law is cool and malu. Every one of them, a step of the way, every one of them is considered a mile. Then the Mishalach, because he told him to take one piece of meat, not a way that was kaidish. Then the Shliach, and the, and the, the one piece of meat that he did from the Mishalach, it was Shalach instructions. And even though normally we have a rule, ain't Shliach if I do a sin on your behalf, you don't get the credit, you don't get the, uh, you're not culpable of what I am. But Me'ila is an exceptional sin beginning in the second period of Yudushim. We have a possible there. Me'ila is an exception. It's the Mishalech who's responsible. But over here, the Shliach added another piece of meat. That's his own, it's his own volition. So therefore, the Shliach is responsible for that. And then the, the, the guests, they took a third piece of meat that nobody asked them to. So they're responsible for that. So now, so what? So the only way to understand this mission would seem is that when the Shlech does not carry out the instructions to the letter, he, he does extra for whatever he, whatever the Balabas told him to do is as if he's a Shlech and anything extra is his own. That's how we understand it. So therefore, in the case of the 15 saw and he sold 30 saw, the 15 saw is a valid sale. It's the additional 15 saw that isn't. So, only adding to the word, if I understand, the Balabais more, Balabais is guilty. Eli Amra, if you're going to tell me that Ma'avid al-Dvorav Havid, you're going to tell me that the Shleach altered the instruction, therefore the Shleach is not working at all on the behest of the Mishaleach, then Balabais and my mall, why are you holding the Balabais culpable? But now we learned the rule. Only the Shleach carried out the Shlichus, and none of them were aware that it was Hegdish, the Balabais mall, the Balabais guilty. But the Shleach did something differently than the Balabas. Then even though Balabas was not aware that this was Kaidish, the Balabas told him to do something with it that was wrong. But the, but the Shleach didn't follow the instructions of Balabas. He did his own thing. That Shleach mall, the Shleach is guilty. So how come over here the shleich is guilty? Must be that's how we view a shleich who does who adds a little bit extra to the instructions of the shleich. So there are no proof. No how come I can't tell you what's going on here? The amalu. Maybe this is what happened. Maybe the shleich told him as follows. Amalu tulu aches medayt to shabbat. He clearly spelled out the first piece of meat is on the is on the house from the balabas. So he clearly said that's all the balabas said. So he carrying out. He's clearly separating. What he does, uh, his addition from the Balabas of Shlichus. He's saying, yes, this is Shlichus of Balabas. And and one of them is for me. And Bashakli in it last. And the third one they took, and since the taste explains, they knew that the second one was the Shlich and nobody else's. So the third one they took with their own. So that's why over here we say the Shlich is augmenting, uh, you know, whatever the Balabas is. But if the Shlich would not have added those words, then perhaps the Mishalech wouldn't have been guilty. Could the Shlich alter the Shlichus? Therefore, it's as if he's not working for the Mishalech at all. Even on the parts that he's carrying out the structures like. So which one is it? Toshma coming here. It says in our Mishnah, she was owed a hundred dollars of machra shove the money, but dinner the money. Then she took a field that was worth a hundred and one dollars and sold it for a hundred dollars. 
Now, Mocher bottle. The Mechila is bottle. Now, what price did she, the mission does not say what price she got. The focus of the mission is she took a field and it was one dollar of value in that field that she had no access to and she had no right to take. That's the problem. But what price did she actually get for the field? My love, it could very well be the Zabin Shavim Manavadina, the Manavadina. She got the full price. It's not a question here of being cheated and, and, and so on. She got the full price. She, so if she got the full price, and if you say the way we understand the shlech is whatever, yeah, whatever you know, um, she carried out the instruction, the shlech is, is considered shlech. And anything else she did above that is over her own problem. So what's the problem here? So let her, the, the, the din should be, it's a valid ksuba. The hundred dollars of that, she carried out the shlech. Her shlech is the sole properties to pay her out her ksuba. So she carried out the extra dollar. She owes them, she gives them an extra dollar, which is exactly what she offered. Why do we say that it's, that it's null and void? The only way to understand that it's null and void is because she's not doing, the moment she took a field that's a lot, that's an excess of $100, she's no longer working on behalf of the Mishalech. Even the $100 sale is not a valid sale because she altered, she altered her shlichus. That's what it would seem. What do you mean she sold it for $100? I mean, $100 to cover her debt. What do you mean even? She said, look, I will reimburse the Yoshim that extra dinner that I took. So if I'm carrying out the shlichas, I carried out the shlichas of $100. And that extra dollar, which I'm not carrying out the shlichas, I'm going to pay him back. That is not valid. What does that tell us, Lechayda? That the moment she did not carry out every every detail, every letter, it's as if she's working for herself. I'm going to bring you up You know, who said that she, the mission is talking about she sold a $101 field for 100 one uh, dollars. She maybe the mission is talking about she sold a hundred and one dollar field for a hundred dollars, and therefore the, since she she uh, she in, in a, she's undersold the field, it's not a valid sale. So the Gemara, um, if that's the case, and she's only entitled to a hundred. So and since she undersold the field, in the case of the mission before we had it, she took a two hundred dollar field and sold it for a hundred dollars. It, it, it nevertheless it completely covered her debt, so there's no issue there. It's it. You walk. You, you, it doesn't matter that you only received hundred dollars. It was a two hundred dollar field. You owe two hundred dollars. You got it. Here she was only owed hundred dollars, and she took a hundred and one dollar field and sold for hundred. So the sale is not valid. She had no right to sell it. The sale is not valid. Says so, you know, that's the, the the point of the mission. Doesn't the mission say that at the end again? I'm in the safe of That's very safe. It talks about she sold a number of fields, hundred dollars, hundred dollars, hundred dollars, and then the last field she sold hundred and one for hundred. We say that it that that sale gets canceled, and the reason is because she undersold. She took a field that she had no right to hundred and one dollars. She was entitled to hundred, and therefore it's, it's been canceled. I'm in the safe of the So if, so we already know the concept. That if you take a field in excess of what you're owed, and the for the sales cancelled. So what's the purpose of the mission saying the same thing in the beginning? Havidesha in the beginning it says 101 for 100. So obviously the nation is talking about it did not undervalue. She sold 101 dollars for 101 dollars, and the chiddush of the nation is that's not a good sale, even though she's prepared to pay it back because she's since she's not she had no right to sell 101 dollars, even the 100 dollars she sold, she's not acting on behalf of the same. Um, what could the Tony say? But where does it say the same? It says in the end of the Mishnah, for a number of people she sold for hundred dollars. And the last field she sold a hundred and one dollar field for hundred dollars. We say the very last sale is cancelled. Why? Because she had no right to take a hundred and one dollar field. We read all that principle. What's the Mishnah's middle case for then? Well, that one is valid. So what's the point in the middle case? Unless the Mishnah in the middle case is telling you. 
that if she, she sold a $101 field for $101, so nobody got cheated, and she's giving back the $1 that she took, nevertheless, she's no longer acting on behalf of the assignment because the moment you alter the shlichus, you're no longer act, acting as their proxy. That's what you want to resolve the most question here, when a shlich does not follow exactly the shlichus that you're given. Say, well, I know. Maybe they should, no proof. Maybe they should be safe for the days. They're both talking about a case where you did not receive $101 for the field, you received only $100. So, why is the mission have to repeat itself? The safe, no, first, the mission teaches, introduces this halacha that if you sold a $101 field for $100, that the whole sale gets canceled. Uh, the whole sale gets canceled because you had no right to take the $101 field and so on. And, and even if you want to reimburse them, it doesn't matter. So, what's the chiddush in the safe again? How Kamashwan comes to teach you time of the oizel yasme that over there is because she cheated the Yasemin. What happens, let's say, the very last field, she took a $101 field and sold for $100 because the Yasemin lost out, whatever, it gets canceled. What about if the first field, you know, she was entitled to $400, she took the first field, it was a $101 field, and she got $100 for it. Over there, we, we don't say anything gets canceled. You know why? Because for her, we're going to count it as if it's $101. And it's within her debt. She'll just deduct the extra dollar from her debt. So we have no issue with that. And that's the Kiddush. The Kiddush is uh, when the, the money, all of the money goes to her, even though she sold it less than the true value. We don't care because we're going to deduct from her the full value, the face value of this property. The, the Kiddush is, but only the last property, which then, you know, there's no excess. She only owed the hundreds. The balance is 100. She took a $101 property, sold it for 100. Therefore, it loses out. If she took a $101 property, sold it for $101, so, uh, and she gives back the $1, we don't know, maybe it will be a valid sale because the $100 of it is still shlichus of the Yisai. Maybe the extra dollar she had no right to sell. So that $1 goes back to them, $1 property. Uh, so the we already know that from the beginning of Mishnah. It says, we already know from the beginning of the Mishnah, if she undersold something and still within her debt, she deducts it from herself. It says in the beginning of Mishnah, the, the silver was worth $200. Oh, she sold a $200 field. Uh, sorry, she sold a $100 for $200. That's it. She got a $200, received the $200. She took a $200 field for $100. She, she received the Ksuda. So we already know that principle. So no. The Kiddush in the last case is that even though we know that principle, but because there's a number of sales, we would have thought that if the last sale was wrong, that last sale gets canceled. Maybe even, even if that's the first sale, we should cancel it because otherwise people make a mistake. They don't understand the difference between the first sale and the last sale. And if they see that the first sale, you took a $101 field and sold for $100 and everything's still going fine, they'll think that the last sale was $101 and you sold for $100. Also should be fine. They don't understand these nuances. So we would have thought in that case where you're selling more than one field, a few fields, maybe we should be machmed even in the first sale. And the Kiddush mission is we don't. Oh, but there was one sale, one field, and you know, no, no other fields are going to be sold. No mistakes can happen. So we say, that's it. You sold a $200 field for $100. You're, you're fully paid out. Goodbye. I will hope over here needs the money addition of the money. Over here, maybe we should be guys of the first money because of the last money. Maybe even the first sale, if it was 101 for 100, we should cancel. Commercial on that we don't do that. So the Gemara at this stage does not resolve the question when a shliach adds on to the shliachs. Do we say it's still carrying out the shliachs, but the addition is the shliachs? Or do we say the moment you add to it, you're no longer working for the mishalech? It's as if you are working for yourself, the entire sale, whatever it is, whatever you did. You're not working on behalf of Mishlech and, and it gets cancelled. So tomorrow we'll continue and tomorrow we'll continue this discussion to work out from a different angle.